Welcome to House Call with Dr. Mac, where you get a real doc with straight talk for the whole you. It's here in the House Call community where we have created an inviting space for you to hear individuals' health stories, gain healthcare providers and other experts' perspectives. It is our mission that with the knowledge you gain here, you will be able to connect your own health dots and begin to experience whole person care. So let's get started. Let's sit down. Let's have some conversation. Let's connect these dots. Let's get some straight talk. Hey, House Call community, welcome back for another conversation. We've been exploring diabetes. We've been talking about the sugar. We've talked about pediatric type 1 diabetes. We've talked about gestational diabetes. And today, we're going to tackle type 2 Diabetes, or some people call it adult onset diabetes, and, or it's also known as pediatric type 2 diabetes now because our pediatric population is having a diagnosis of diabetes that is just like what we used to call adult onset, where it's mainly lifestyle and dietary choices that have been made that cause us to, for our bodies to start processing sugar a certain way or not utilizing the sugar and becoming insulin resistant. And so there's the new category of pediatric type 2 diabetes. But today we are going to have an individual come in and tell her health story on type 2 diabetes. But before we head on over to that conversation, I just like to take care of a little bit of housekeeping. We want to let you guys know that we're continuing this series. We're going to start adding in our healthcare providers and other experts' perspectives. This series will more than likely go into the beginning of June. And as you all know, after our little ones say goodbye for the school year to their teachers, that's when we tend to to take a break as well because we want to spend time with our little ones and our family and friends. And so we uh, hold off on releasing new episodes until the summer is over, summer break is done, and we'll be back in September to release those new episodes. But stay tuned because we're going to still be doing some things throughout the summer. So you guys still hang out in the House Call community. Either go to housecallwithdrmac.com or head on over to our YouTube channel. Or I just did tonight for the first time a live video on our Facebook page. So there's a House Call with Dr. Mac. That's the podcast page on Facebook, and we'll be doing some things live streaming there, and I'm getting ready to do a a cool challenge, so listen out for that and see how you can become involved and connect another health dot, so we'll keep you up to date on what's going on with that. We want to say our welcomes to the community. You know, I love the analytic page and to see things that pop up. I saw France pop up the other day, so I want to say hello to France and welcome to the House Call community. 
And, you know, we would really like to hear where you're listening to us from. We want to hear your voices. We want to hear from you. So if you head on over to housecallwithdrmac.com, that's H-O-U-S-E-C-A-L-L-W-I-T-H-D-R-M-A-C.com. On the right-hand side, there's a leave a voice message icon. Click on that icon. Leave us a 90-second voice memo. If you're on a desktop or a laptop, you can do do that right as soon as you click the the icon if you're on a mobile device it, you will be instructed to download an app and it just takes a few steps and then you can leave us your voice message tell us where you're calling from we want to hear your voices we want to hear from you we also want to know if we're covering the topics that you want us to cover so let us know if there's something in particular that you just really want us to talk about and tackle here in the House Call community, you can head on over to the House Call with Dr. Mac podcast Facebook page, leave us a comment, or you can send us an email at realdoc74 at gmail.com. That's R-E-A-L-D-O-C-7-4 at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at realdoc74 or on Twitter, same handle at realdoc74. I believe we have everything. I think we've covered everything. So this conversation that we're going to head on over and listen to is a dear, dear person to me. She was a surrogate parent when I went to medical school. When I left the South, Alabama, and headed west and ended up at Loma Linda University, she and her husband, Dr. Winston Richards, and her sister and her husband, and a whole host of other wonderful people in the community there, took a lot of us students under their wings, and they treated us as if we were their own children. They nurtured us, they gave us encouragement, And they just let us know, you can do it. And they fed us. Oh, they fed us. And it wasn't just every once in a while. They made sure we at least got one good meal, as somebody would say. But today, we are talking to Mrs. Donna Richards. Her diagnosis with type 2 diabetes was given to her 18 years ago. She talks about when she went to the diabetic teaching class and what an experience that was and the journey that she has taken over the last 18 years to control her diabetes. She gives some great nuggets and tips in this conversation. So I know that you're going to replay this conversation. You need to grab your notebooks, be them electronic or the old-fashioned pen and paper because you're going to go mining. I mean, like I said, she talks about so many practical tools that you can put in your toolbox. So I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Let's head on over. Let's sit down. Let's get started. Let's have some conversations. Let's connect these dots. Let's get some straight talk. 
Welcome to House Call with Dr. Mac, where you get a real doc with straight talk for the whole you. Welcome back to the community. And as we've been doing, we've been going through this series on diabetes, understanding what it is, how it's diagnosed in different individuals. We've We've had two individuals come in and sit down and so graciously tell their story of one was pediatric type 1 diabetes, and the second one was a lady with gestational diabetes. And today, I have the privilege of sitting down with a lady that I have admired for years. And she is coming and sitting down with our house call community to tell her story about type 2 diabetes. I want to welcome Mrs. Donna Richards to the house call community. Welcome, Donna. Why, thank you. Nice to be with you. And we'll talk for sure, about our diabetes. Yes, yes. Well, you know, we here in the house call community, we are, our mission is that individuals will come in, tell their health stories. We'll have healthcare providers and other experts come in and give their perspectives. And we hope that as individuals have allowed us to come into their lives and make a house call, that they connect their own health dots and begin to experience whole person care. And so we are going to have you tell our tell your story, but I also like to connect the dot of how an individual is connected to me here in the community. So if you'll give me just a moment and indulge me, I just want to tell everybody how we're connected. Good. So it was about, oh my goodness, now about, how how long ago? Probably about 15, 16, 17 years ago now. Yeah. It keeps going up. (laughs) Where a little bright-eyed child from the South decided Mm -hmm. to to head out west to California to Loma Linda University and said, you know what, I want to be a doctor. And I had the most wonderful surrogate parents in the Richards. And you all just took me in, along with all the other students that were there. I mean, it wasn't just one or two. You all, there was a community that was there. It was you, Aunt Barbara, Aunt Patty. It was um, your sister. I mean, there were just so many of you. Your mother that opened up their homes, opened up their hearts, and made sure that we were taken care of. And I want to publicly thank you for that because it really made a difference in my life because it was the first time I had left home. And I would call home and I would say, these people are crazy out here. I'm jumping in. I'm getting a U-Haul. I'm driving back to Alabama. Californians are crazy. <laughs> and my dad would say, okay, sure. They're hiring at McDonald's. Come on. And I go, okay, never mind. I'll go study. So I want to thank you so much and the Kansas Avenue community there for just taking care of us and opening your hearts and saying, you know what? We, we we will take care of you. Well, it was so easy to do. You were one of our favorites. Oh. <laughs> you were just so open and so easy to talk to, and you had an easy laugh. You smiled all the time. 
And I said, wow, what a personality. Oh, it was so you. easy to connect with you and Mytonia. Oh, what fun. Oh, yes. And I, you know, it was like uh, the daughters that we never had. Oh. It was great fun, and, and getting to know you was, oh, it was so easy. Just great. And then I liked the way that you liked working with the young people at our church. Oh, you I You and Trevor, it. you just took it upon yourselves to work with our teenagers, our yeah. young people. Yeah. And they needed someone younger than we were mm. to work with them because, of course, they thought that people in their 30s and 40s were really out of it. <laughs> so, when, <laughs> so when you came along and Trevor and you were willing to work with that age group, it was so wonderful, my son included. Oh, it that's right. That's right. Because and they thought you all were hip and <laughs> you all knew what was going on, and of course you did. Wow. And that made all the difference for them. Well, can you tell so my kids I that? Have to thank, oh, thank I have you. to thank you, too. Oh, thank because you. Because of the contribution you made to our young people and, of course, to my son. Oh, so thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I was just about to say, could you tell my kids that I was hip? at one point <laughs> I did know what was going on well when they get to be teenagers you're really going to need me to tell them that okay so okay we'll do this again when they get to be in their teens I will remember that. <laughs> yeah. I'll remember that I'll put that Absolutely. in my Absolutely. I'll put that in in the back of in the back of my head but we have you here today and um I just want to take a walk through your story and and have the community to hear your story and again like I said be able to see how one pebble that drops in the water creates this ripple effect and how you can that you can take a hold of things though and so I'm going to start kind of we're going to backtrack just a little bit if you would give us a little bit of your professional background well I majored in psychology with the intention of being a counselor. I okay. loved my high school counselor, and I thought, oh, really? this is what I want to be when I grow up. Okay. However, life happens. Yeah. And at the time I finished my bachelor's degree out here in uh, UC Riverside, Vietnam was going on, mm. and that was in the 70s, the late 60s, early 70s. Okay. And so the only way that my husband could continue going to school was if he was enrolled full-time. And so I never bothered to go do the master's PhD. I went to work so to make sure he could go to school full-time uh-huh. because I didn't want him drafted. And you could get a student deferment wow. only if you were going to school full-time. Wow. So I kind of uh, went a different way. I ended up working for the telephone company in marketing, public relations, training, and marketing. And that, I always tell my husband, your medical degree belongs to (laughs) (laughs) AT&T. They paid our way through those years. And so uh, after about maybe eight years or so, he he went and did the pre-med and then Mm -hmm. med school and then internships and whatnot. Then it was time to have kids. Yeah. I never managed to get back to school. But I enjoyed my time working with the phone company. Okay. Then after my kids were grown and gone, um, I had the opportunity to work with Loma Linda University in the School of Public Health as they had gotten a grant 
from the um, National Institute of Health mm -hmm. to study Adventists and their lifestyle and their subsequent health. Hmm. So I worked with Adventist Health Study, and I still do as a research assistant, for quite a number of years, traveling the country from East Coast to West Coast, even Canada, oh, wow. um, going around and uh, encouraging people to enroll in the survey study that they were doing at the time. Okay. So I would go to especially black Seventh-day Adventist churches mm -hmm. and encourage members to enroll and then train them in how to conduct the survey in their churches. I did that for a number of years, and as it is right now, I work with the Adventist Health Study for retention purposes mm. to encourage those who originally enrolled to stay with the study because they send out follow-up studies mm -hmm. ever so mm -hmm. often. And we're trying to get people to stay with it, to fill out the follow-up surveys. So I work along with them on that. So it has been very enjoyable because I've always been interested in health. Mm -hmm. So I like that. It's a, it's a passion of mine yeah. that um, people know what to do to stay healthy, to yes. be healthy yes. and stay healthy. That I enjoy doing. Oh, and wow. so that's kind of who I am, what I do. Um, of course, I'm doing that part-time. It's not full-time. Okay. Um, because I also take care of my mother, who has Alzheimer's. Okay. She lives with us. Okay. And so I do Adventist Health Study when I can, mm -hmm. and I love it. I enjoy it. Oh, wow. You know, I, I love sitting here. I've told the community before the pre-work um, for getting ready for an interview and talking to a person either phone or email and then getting ready for the interview and actually sitting down. But I, I really love it when we're talking and something unfolds and I go, oh, wow, I didn't even know that. So I'm so <laughs> glad that you told your background story because there were some parts of it that I'm like, oh, I didn't know this. Okay, now I'm getting more more of a picture. You know, I talk about connecting those dots. And once you connect those dots, you can really see a picture. So now you're talking about you're interested in health. You've always been interested in health, rather, and um, really helping and talking to people. And you're in um, working with the Adventist Health Study. When did you, re first of all, what is your diagnosis? And when did you receive your diagnosis? I am a type 2 diabetic, mm -hmm. um, and I have been for the past 18 years. Wow. Now, diabetes runs in my family. Okay. I have a twin sister. We are fraternal twins, not identical. Okay. But she became diabetic, oh, I'd say 8 to 10 years before I did. Oh. Um, and then I have aunts. Oh, my, my mother's sisters. It's on my mother's side. Okay. My mother's sisters, um, I think three, four of them were diabetic. She had one brother who was diabetic. Wow. Um, and then I have cousins, first cousins, who are also diabetic. Oh, wow. So there is a strong family history for mm -hmm. diabetes here. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately... Because my mother was never a diabetic, I kind of ignored that. I ah. figured my mother wasn't diabetic. 
She was never overweight as we were growing up. Her sisters were. Okay. And so um, she was never diabetic, and I just thought, oh, well, she wasn't diabetic. I'm not going to be younger. Oh. And come to find out 18 years ago, I happened to be a good, mm, I'd say, 18, 20 pounds overweight, not paying a bit of attention to my weight, really. Just, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I happened to go in for my routine yearly physical, and he ran some blood work, as he did every year. Came back, he said, I want you to come back in and do a fasting blood sugar. Hmm. And, of course, I turned out to be a type 2 diabetic after I did that blood test. Oh. So the next thing I knew, I was in a diabetes education class. And you talk about someone who was terrified. I was terrified. I was scared to eat. Really? everything you pick up, you pick up a package of bread, it says so many grams of sugar. Yes. Cereal. I don't care what it is. You know, it has sugar in it. Even fruit. Even though it's not refined sugar, it still has sugar. I was afraid to eat anything, to drink anything but water, because I didn't, I just didn't know what to do. Hmm. And even though I went to the class, when she said, (laughs) in the class she said, be careful, because even toothpaste has sugar in it. No. And when she said that, that just sent me into a tailspin. I said, okay, I'm done, I'm through, I guess I'm dead. Because if I can't even brush my teeth without worrying about my blood sugar, then what am I to do? Right. So I panicked. I was terrified. And, of course, I talked to my sister, and she said, Donna, relax, relax. You know, everything has sugar in it. Because I used to scold her when I saw her eating anything sweet or dessert. Uh I said, you can't do that. You can't do that. You're a diabetic. Stop. Or if she drank a glass of juice, oh, no, you can't do that. And she would say to me, Donna, even bread, simple things, have sugar in it. Mm -hmm. And you just have to balance what you eat. Mm -hmm. You have to pay attention to the carbs that you're eating. And that's when I learned that the most important thing when you have diabetes is the carbs. It's not so much the sugar, but the carbs in what you're eating. And I learned how to eat by watching my carbs and balancing that out. And I I came up with my own hmm, dietary plan. Okay. How how did you come up with that? Now, you're checking your sugars, I'm assuming. How many times a day did you have to check your sugars? Once a day. Okay. They asked me to do twice a day. But because I was so panicked and terrified Mm -hmm. about the whole thing, yeah. I only did it once a day. Okay. okay. And whatever I saw in the morning, well, I kind of, you know, guided myself for the rest of the day. Okay. If it was low or very low, mm. I knew, okay, you can only have so many carbs today if it's running high. Mm. If it's running low, you can have a few more. So I would judge it like that. But the important thing became carb counting, not so much sugar counting, but okay. carb counting. But 
I, I kind of came up with a plan. I said, all right, Donna, there are certain things that you love dearly. Mm-hmm. And, and it's terrible when it comes to cards. Potatoes, rice, bread, mm. pasta. Those are, mm, those are not good things for diabetics. They're high in carbs. So I said, and I, of course I love dessert. I love pie, cake, <laughs> cookies. Yes, you know? yes, yes. So I said, this is what you'll do. You may have dessert on one day a week. Choose mm. your weekend, either Saturday or Sunday, because that's when usually my husband and I had group activities with mm-hmm, other friends. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, you can have dessert one day a week, either Saturday or Sunday, and that's it until the next weekend. Okay. That helped me because the idea of never, never eating any more dessert. My husband loves to bake. Uh, yes, he does. Cookies. Bread and, and yes. bread. He yes. bread and yes. strawberry pie. Yes. Uh, and oatmeal raisin and chocolate chips. And, uh, and I loved them. Do you know, for a whole year, I was so terrified of this diabetes diagnosis, I did not touch one of his cookies. Huh? And he used to make the oatmeal raisin cookies just yes. for me. <gasps> because most of our friends liked the chocolate chip. He would make cookies, and I mean, a whole year went by, and I didn't touch a cookie. For me, that was phenomenal. Not even on Saturday or Sunday. What? I didn't touch a cookie. And then one day I said to myself, hmm, an oatmeal raisin cookie. Well, now, that's oats, that's raisins, (laughs) (laughs) and nuts. Oh, that's my fruit, nut, and grain. (laughs) All rolled into one. Oh, I love it. But with a little butter and sugar. Just a little. (laughs) (laughs) So I would allow myself to have one one cookie on either Saturday or Sunday and I would say okay I've had fruit, nut and grain and uh, it doesn't matter that there was a little butter or a little sugar with it. Oh wow <laughs> and you would be, you were very you were so disciplined that you would only eat one. Oh yes. Oh, and okay. I would this is, you talk about discipline, my husband used to marvel he would take out ice cream I would get a tablespoon. I would take out a tablespoon of ice cream. I would cover the ice cream, put it back in the freezer, and slowly eat my one tablespoon of ice cream. Okay. My mouth is really, I'm in awe. Because now, (laughs) this is, I'm remembering... Some of our dinners that you all would, you know, again, open up your homes. You would have the students over, these little poor students in everything. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I would remember, I remember this one interaction with you. And I, and I believe I was on the periphery of this conversation. This has stuck with me all these years. You were looking at some type of sweet treat that was um, some type of a... Um, wafer or or some type of of delicacy and I think you were talking to Aunt Barbara at at the island in the kitchen and saying oh yes I know I can have 
two of these and I'm good and I will be okay. And I remember kind of going, huh? And then I think that's when I, I heard further, oh, you know, Donna has diabetes. And I was like, wow, she's really good. She knows exactly what she can eat and how it affects her. And so I want to ask through all of this, did you notice your weight loss? Did, was there a weight loss? That's what I oh, want to know. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes, because the first thing I did was cut out juice. Wow. And that was a big weight factor. Uh-huh. Stop the juice. Wow. And then if I had juice, I would do whatever amount I had, I would put the same amount of water oh. to cut it down. And then I learned, well, okay, to this day, when I want some juice, I will usually drink a third of a cup. Mm. I, you know, I kind of eyeball my glass and... I can be, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a strange person. I can be satisfied if I have a taste of something. Okay. Like the ice cream. Mm-hmm. Right, or the cookie. right. I can be satisfied. I don't have to have a full glass of juice or half a dozen cookies or a bowl of ice cream. Mm-hmm. My taste buds, I, I'm satisfied if I've had a taste and I say, ah, oh, okay, good. And then I can be through. But I'm not good at saying I will not eat any ice cream. I will not have any juice. I don't do well with that. Okay, okay. And, you know, it's been 18 years that I've been diabetic. I am on Genuvia and Metformin. Mm -hmm. But my blood sugar ranges between 97 and 115 when I've been bad. If I've been really bad... It will go up maybe to 128 or something like that. And what would you consider being really bad? What does that look like? Oh, having um, my dessert on the weekend, having Mm. a piece of pie or a piece of cake or eating uh, too many pieces of fruit. Mm. You know, I try to curb my fruit. They, uh, in the diet class that I went to, the the diabetes education class, they suggested one piece of fruit with each meal. Mm, And that has worked for me. But sometimes, oh, the watermelon tastes so good or the cantaloupe, you know. (gasps) And so I can overdo it. Or like the other day, I bought cherries. And my blood sugar was 124. Oh. Because I think really? I must have eaten half a pound. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. I'm, you know, and that that is a great point. If if we can pause here for that, you know, I'm kind of oohing and on over here. And I, I like to interject the science when I can. And I do. Mm-hmm. I always say, you know, I'm not an endocrinologist. I um, do not treat diabetics. But from mm-hmm. what I can remember... I know that there have been some diabetics that have incidentally gone into diabetic comas because they were self were doing a self cleanse and figured if I just juice all of this fruit and do something that's natural then I'll be okay. 
But I'm glad you're bringing up the point that fruit does have natural sugars in it. It's not Mm -hmm. the refined sugars. It's better. It's the more healthier form of it because it's also mixed with a little bit of water in some fruits. And some fruits have more water than others. But also the fiber that we find in fruit, which slows Mm -hmm. down the digestive process, allowing the insulin to be utilized properly and to take in take up the um, glucose out of the bloodstream and into the cells, but it's Mm -hmm. still sugar. And we Mm -hmm. need to be very careful of that because, oh, oh, it's fruit. It's good for me. But you had to learn, okay, I still have to curb my portion sizes. I still have to be mindful of what I'm, what I'm taking in and putting in my mouth. Exactly. And in that class, the uh, diabetes educator, she, she made it very clear said rather than drinking juice eat the fruit you want apple juice then eat an apple you want orange juice then eat an orange she said in the size and that you're getting fiber with it yes so yes she was very clear about you know don't do the juice thing eat the fruit thing yes and that was helpful and that that is such that that's another point that's really good. I watched a documentary and they had it was a documentary on sugar and they had these two ladies sitting there and they had one they gave her the equivalent of peeled oranges on her plate that was the equivalent of the jug or the craft of orange juice they had given the other young lady and they said to both of them They said to one, the one that was eating the oranges, eat the oranges until you're full. Eat as many as you can until you're full. They told Mm -hmm. the other young lady, drink as much juice until you're full. Mm -hmm. And the one that had the oranges, the the right orange, she ate two oranges. And she was, like, struggling. She was like, I'm done. I'm really full. And the Mm -hmm. other young lady drank three and a half cups of the orange juice mm. and they then showed them how much sugar they intake the intake was and it was mm-hmm. it was just fun it was just astronomical I mean it was one of those moments where you're just like oh my goodness are you serious mm-hmm. and they were mm-hmm. talking about because the brain hasn't gotten a chance to receive from the receptors of the stomach the stretch receptors that hey you you've had enough and so now you get this sugar overload, you get this sugar rush, and they waited a few minutes, and the young lady that had the juice, she was like, yeah, I feel a little sleepy. I actually don't feel mm. so good. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. wow, that, that's, that's one of those wow moments. And but, then, you know, there's another thing about it that I try to practice that she also told us. Whenever you have fruit, make sure you have protein. Mm-hmm. Because the protein slows down the release of the sugar okay. into the system. Okay. So when I have an orange or, or whatever it is, an apple, I try to eat, you know, some form of protein. Uh, some nuts usually is, is what I'll go for. Okay. I'll eat a few walnuts or almonds. Yes. Um, yes. And in fact, I like to mix raisins with my almonds or with my walnuts. Yes. But she said, be sure, yogurt, whatever, make sure you have some protein as a chaser behind your fruit mm. to slow down that sugar release into the system. So That's I've lost, good. you know, I always remember that. And I look for some protein as soon as I do eat some fruit. Some, wow. So, and I, that has helped. I want to ask you about um, the diabetic teaching class. 
Do you remember if they talked about diabetes being a multi-system disease at all, or was it just for nutrition teaching in the, in the class? Say that again, whether it was a multi-what? Multi-system disease. Did they talk oh. about how diabetes is, is truly a multi-system disease? Yes, they did. Okay. Um, you know, well, she talked about, you know, nerve damage. She talked about mm-hmm. kidney involvement, mm-hmm. um, neuropathy, that kind of thing. Yes. She talked about those those things, which, of course, again, <laughs> when you're a new diabetic, anything she said was terrifying yes, to me. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, you know, a, a dear family friend uh, many years ago, before they had good drugs to teach, uh, I mean, to uh, help di- diabetics, uh-huh. this was back in the early 60s. Okay. Uh, a dear family friend, she went blind. Mm. And I knew it was from diabetes, even though at the time I was only about 10, 11 years mm-hmm. old. She always used to say, oh, I can't have that, my sugar. My mm. sugar, she called it. Yes, and, yes. Uh, she used to bake these wonderful cakes for our family. And I would say, on earth, aren't you going to have some? No, 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 my sugar. And she eventually went blind. And I, I never forgot that. I was mm. a little girl, but I remembered blindness comes from diabetes. Yes. So I was always conscious about that. And, uh, you know... <laughs> People say, well, what motivates you to be so disciplined? Yes, and yes, I would like ask. <laughs> I say my toes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good motive. That was one of my next questions. I was going to say, you know, what motivates you to stay so disciplined? <laughs> because that I is... tend to be rather disciplined about what I eat most days. Yes. And uh, they'll say, well, how do you eat just one tablespoon of ice cream or, you know, just one cookie or two cookies? My toes. Mm. I like my toes. I like them. <laughs> I haven't decided which one I would like to give up. I like them all, all ten of them. Oh, that <laughs> is a good response. I mean, what do you say to that? You cannot. No, no, you, there's no comeback to that. There's there is none. <laughs> that is a great point. That is a great oh, great point. You know, you know, first they take your toes, and then they take your foot, and yes, then they take your leg. Yes, and I'm yes. Like, Let's not go there. No. Now, I will tell you, <clears throat> this year, I just started having some neuropathy, or okay. numbness, I should say, Okay. in my fourth toe. Hmm. And that, that was surprising to me, because, uh, you know... I, I, I know I'd heard about it, mm-hmm. but I I just didn't really, you know, think that was going to happen. But it does happen now. I'll tell you this: on the days when I've been bad, mm-hmm. I have eaten more carbs or sugar, whatever it is, than I should have. I will feel tingling in my toes, really notifying me. You overdid it today. Oh wow! But that doesn't happen to me very often. Okay. But I have experienced that kind of tingling, burning sensation mm-hmm. that diabetics get in their feet, mm-hmm. in their toes. But that only happens to me when I've overdone something. Okay. Um, so I'm very fortunate that way. I don't take any medication for that because it happens so very seldom. Okay, okay. Um, another thing very important to me, in that class, the educator said, Diet and exercise yes. are key 
yes. to diabetic care. Yes. And if you cannot do both, the most important one, the more important one, I should say, is exercise. Mm. And believe you me, I'm faithful about that. Okay. I will go walking at least four days, if not five or six. Mm-hmm. But I try to make the minimum four days a week. Mm-hmm. I walk anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes, sometimes an hour, depending mm-hmm. on what I have to do that day. Mm-hmm. Um, I do walk. And that has been you know, a very important part of my diabetic care. I'm yes. a walker. Um, recently, I bought one of those mini trampolines. Mm-hmm. And that I have in the house so that when I'm watching something on TV, I can't do it for long. I have to do it for two minutes and stop. Okay. I do jumping jacks, whatever, on this mini trampoline because you get, you know, a good aerobic rate. Going, yes, yes. It's metabolic rate. And so I'll jump. Sometimes I can only do a minute, 60 seconds, and I'm breathless. But that's okay. But that's I good. sit down for two minutes, three minutes, whatever, and I get back on and do another minute or two. Wow. But I try to get in, you know, uh, eight to ten minutes of that with rest periods in between. I can't do that straight, but mm-hmm. I can do it, rest, do it, and rest. That so that's been helpful. Um, so I've added that to my walking. Okay. Okay. That That is an excellent point. I, we've been learning that exercise is a great medicine you know, quote unquote, for mm-hmm. diabetes and not just diabetics, for for everybody. I mean, we all need yeah, it. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, especially right after you eat or, you know, shortly after you've eaten, the body needs to know what to do with this sugar that it has. The body wants to break down everything you have to either a sugar, amino acid from the proteins, or a fatty acid from fats. And all it wants to do is break all of that down to take it into the cell to to provide fuel, to provide energy. And so mm-hmm. if we get up and we walk, then the body's like, okay, I can take this sugar, I can take this molecule, I can put it in a cell and provide energy. I don't have to package it up as fat. I don't have to mm-hmm. put it away somewhere until a later time. Mm-hmm. And so getting up and and doing a little walking, you know, even just 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes after eating can greatly impact our health, can greatly impact a diabetic's sugars, can mm-hmm. just make mm-hmm. us feel better all around. You have that foggy brain, you know, yes. you get that blood yes. flowing up to the top. Hey, mm-hmm. you're going to feel better. You're going to be able to make better decisions. You're going to feel you're going to feel more optimal. And so mm-hmm. I'm so glad you brought that point about exercise in because our our lifestyles nowadays are such that we tend to push everything else up to the front of the list instead of saying, you know what, I need to put in exercise, I need to put in, you know, family, however you want to prioritize it, but there needs to be some, some um, you need to have some things where you can fill your own cup so that mm-hmm. when it's time to pour into other people, you're full and you're not running on fumes. That's right. And, That's and right. exercise is a great, a great tool to help to fill that cup. 
to help fill that cup. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm you mentioned s- something that yes. uh, I just learned about, oh, I'd say six, seven months ago. Oh, what is that? That diabetics should, especially diabetics, should within the first 30 minutes after they finish a meal, they should walk for 15 minutes. Within wow. that first 30 minutes after you finish eating, Sometime in that 30-minute period, walk for 15 minutes. They say that's the best thing you can do for your blood sugar uh, by just doing that. Now, I'm struggling to remember that, but (laughs) I try to do it, but I haven't been very good at remembering. That's okay. (laughs) It's really, you know... They said it's important to do it in those first 30 minutes. Okay. And I'm like, oh, shucks, I forgot again. But I'm working on it. Hey, there, you like you said, it's it's another it's another thing to put in your toolbox, and and be able to pull out, and that is great. That we're hearing somebody that's living, that's doing this on a daily basis, and how you're you're living life, and you're living it more abundantly. You are being Mm -hmm. optimal, and controlling, and knowing how your body works. You're connecting your dots, and you're saying, look, I know what type of picture I want to have and I'm going to be able to be an active part in this equation to make sure that I have the outcome I want. That's how you do it. I'm looking at our time, Donna, and I could talk to you all all evening long. I really enjoy... Let me say this last thing before we go. Yes. Fiber-rich diet. At least three mornings, four mornings out of seven, I have a bowl of shredded wheat, half of a banana, and maybe I mix it with Cheerios or dry oatmeal. Hmm. I just take a handful of oatmeal, throw it in the bowl with my shredded wheat or Cheerios with oat, you know, dry oatmeal and a half of a banana. I get my fiber. There's more fiber in raw oatmeal than cooked oatmeal. So I would just take some of that, throw it in, in my shredded wheat or throw it in my Cheerios. Oh, and I like put that half tip. a banana or some raisins, some kind of fruit yes. to put in there. Yes. High fiber. I eat a lot of vegetables. High fiber diet is very important to a diabetic. Yes. So I would want to. I would want people to know that. But you know, it's so funny. We're sitting here, and and when we were talking to the young lady who has pediatric type one diabetes, and her mother was here with her. Um, she was diagnosed when she was four, and she had a. Um, she's eleven now. We were talking about the diet, and I'm hearing you talk about the diet, and I'm just saying, this is the diet we all need to be striving for. And she said that. She was like, it's really a diet that everybody really needs to strive for. You know, I we had a nutritionist in the community a while ago, and she was saying, if you just look at your plate and think of it as a clock, make sure half of that clock are your green leafy vegetables or some type of vegetable and mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of fruit. But she was like, make sure that that salad, that the green leafies, a lot of color. And then she said you do about a fourth of a protein and then you have another um, fourth where you have your carbohydrates. She said, you know, we tend to put, make half the plate our carbohydrates and do mm-hmm. the opposite. And I said, you know, that is so true. But just hearing you Again, reiterate fiber, green yeah. leafies, vegetables, you know, water. Yeah. 
I mean, these are the things that we just need to be very intentional about. And that's the other thing that I was hearing with all of the diabetics that we've talked to this month. Be intentional about what you're doing. You can't just hope that everything falls into place. You have to be intentional about what's going on. Intentional. And the other thing they said that's helpful for diabetes, baked sweet potatoes. And that sounds like a contradiction. Sweet potatoes, mm. but a baked sweet potato. And if you're going to eat a white potato, it should be red skin potatoes. Okay. It has less starch, less carbs. I but portion control is the other thing I'm big on. Yes. Portion control, you know, the, what do they say? The palm of your hand? Yes, yes. Is about a portion. I'm big on portion control. I really do seconds. Um, mm. Portion control. Yes. And then, I, like you said, I'm intentional about what I eat. But I eat baked sweet potatoes mm, at least two or three days a week. Oh, wow. I eat beans. Yes. I do like to get to the beans because there's your fiber right there. Mm-hmm. And that's good also to prevent colon cancer. We learned that from the Adventist Love Health Day. Love that. Love <laughs> that. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Beans. Two to three servings a week. Really? Okay. I know, community, I know that you're going to go back to this conversation. Pull out your notebooks, be um, the old-fashioned pen and paper or electronic. Pull out these nuggets that we've talked about. There's so many nuggets buried into this conversation. And like I said, Donna, before we go, I, I did want to touch on um, one more thing. And I didn't know if you've, if there was something that you feel the medical community could do differently to help individuals understand the effects of diabetes um, to, yeah, just to us everyday folk, you know, how, you know, people just hear about the sugar. It just seems kind of like this vague thing or, oh, I'm borderline diabetic. But, you know, what can we do from the medical community standpoint to help people really understand the gravity and the depth of this multi-system disease process? Huh, without terrorizing them? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Well, I, you know, I did say I was terrified when first I was diagnosed, but the diabetes education class, that was the best thing initially for me because I, I learned, you know, that it is a manageable disease if you do what they counsel you to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, watch your portions. Don't go nuts with carbs. Okay. Um, Increase your fiber. And, of course, you want your protein in there. If you follow, you know, eat the fruit instead of the juice, mm-hmm. um, high-fiber diet, vegetables, you know. If you follow that, it is a manageable disease. Okay. And it was so cute. During that education class, one day she ordered pizza. And she says, now, everybody, have some pizza just to mm. show us that we could still enjoy food. Oh, wow. Because everyone was kind of like me, terrified. Yes. I not eat anything. She ordered a huge pizza, uh, two or three of them, really, and everybody had a large slice of pizza. Huh. She says, you can have one large slice of pizza, and you'll, you'll be okay. You okay. Know, you'll be fine. Okay. So that wow. helped to, you know, quell some of the fear and mm-hmm. the anxiety. Yes. By yes. doing that. Yes. But that education class, that was an important piece because she gave you practical things. And I would say, if 
if you can get to a dietitian, mm-hmm. that's key. Okay. If your doctor would send you to the education class, but also to a dietitian, so she can sit down with you and say, okay, do you like yogurt? Do you like this? Do you like that? Mm-hmm. Well, then if this is what you like to eat, this is how much of it you may okay. have. That's a good that's, point. That's important. That's a good Get point. Get to a dietitian because this thing is so diet-related. Yes. Um, they need to, to have that practical thing. What vegetables do you like? Okay, the dietitian is there to guide you through that whole thing, especially the carb part, the fruit part. A dietitian, that's what I needed. I did not have a dietitian. Mm. But, you know, I kind of guided you myself got, there. You, you figured it out, too, yes. Yeah, well, I doc- would prefer that. Okay, I see. That that's a good tip as well. But I we usually ask our guests to leave a tip of the day for our community before they go. And so if you would be so gracious, you can it can be on diabetes or it can be on anything that has um that's on your heart as we've been talking that's impressed upon your heart. If you would leave our community a tip of the day, we would be honored. Well, I would say Exercise and portion control. Just just be intentional about that because you don't want to lose your toes. You don't want to be on dialysis. Mm-hmm. And these things can happen, and for the most part, they're avoidable if you're type 2. Mm-hmm. Watch what you're eating. Be intentional and say, okay, I've had enough carbs for today. Mm-hmm. Let me, you know, get some vegetables in here. Let me get some fiber in here. Right. Be intentional and exercise. Find an exercise routine that works for you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have them on TV or on YouTube or whatever. Find an exercise routine that you can do at least four days a week. They want you, to, if ideally, they want diabetics to walk twice a day. Mm. But if you can't do twice a day, once a day, 30 minutes, or twice a day, 30 minutes, not less than 20. Okay. That is your best, your best approach to diabetes. Wow. Thank you so much, Donna, for coming and sharing your story with the House Call community and giving us that wonderful tip of the day. You know, Mm -hmm. I am just so grateful that you and your family have, um, they become a part of our lives and I just want to thank you one more time thank you so much my pleasure just you know I, I love health and I want people to be healthy thank so. you my pleasure and with that community we will see you back here next time bye now alright bye bye